This is the Smart Communications Smart Communications Smart Communications Podcast. Developing the voices voices, voices. Developing, developing the, the voices, voices of determine nonprofits. Brought to you by Big Duck. Okay, hello everybody and hello Farrah Trumpeter. Hello Sarah Durham. Very excited to have you here again on our podcast. And we thought we'd dig into a conversation today that we like to talk about, which is the board's role in the brand process or rebranding or brand raising, as we like to say here at Big Duck. And this is a thing that Farah and I both work on separately and together with clients. And we actually haven't talked about it in a while. So it'd be interesting to see where we get. I know this is a topic you're particularly passionate about. Why is that? I think because, I mean, I always want what's best for all the organizations we work with. And I think sometimes we have a moment of too many cooks in the kitchen, and that can be too many ducks sometimes, too many staff people, too many board members. And I think figuring out the right people to have in the process at the right time, not only in making decisions, but also in making sure the brand sticks and stays alive is really critical. Because a branding process, as you well know, is not just about coming up with a new name or a beautiful new logo. It's really about all the pieces, but then what happens once launched? How do you keep that brand alive? And I think board members can be great ambassadors and can be really used as a wonderful tool to keeping that brand out there and helping increase the reach, raise more money, whatever the goals were for the branding process. And I think sometimes the role of the board just seems to get confused and conflated with that of the staff. Uh, and I have you know, just done a lot of thinking and reading around governance generally, and also obviously working here, thinking about how that relates to branding. So we could maybe draw a spectrum. And one end of the spectrum might be a board who has kind of no voice in a branding process or some sort of evolution of communications, and maybe they're only exposed to the recommendations that are made by the staff, maybe when something's got to change, if it's brought to them for a vote, or even just as a kind of, hey, we've just changed this. That would be one end of the spectrum. The other would be, what, a board member who was deeply involved, or even a board member who maybe did the work? We've, we've I mean, heard, even we've further, I was on a board where um, there was no communication staff. So our communications committee, in essence, was the communications team. Uh, So we worked with a staff who only was doing communications part-time, but in essence, the role of the communications committee was like an extension of the staff. So there are some times where boards or committees are actually doing the work. Right. And in my experience, if the board has no involvement at all, that end of the spectrum, often that doesn't go well because they do need to be effective ambassadors and they do have strong feelings and opinions about the organization. So they will often not use or rebel against things they had no voice in creating. The other end of the spectrum I've experienced is not the one you have. It's where a board member, maybe like me or you, with a lot of communications (laughs) background, volunteers to do a lot of stuff pro bono. They volunteer maybe to rebrand the organization. or And actually, I've seen that go badly a number of times too, unfortunately. I think the reason that goes badly is actually in those processes, sometimes the staff feels they have no voice. So the board member at least the ones who are involved in that process, they're excited to shape the voice of the organization. But the staff doesn't feel, because it's a board member leading the process, they can really effectively steer the work. So to me, the sweet spot's kind of in the middle, right? It's not all or nothing. How about for you? Yeah. Again, I think I've seen all different flavors and things that have worked well and haven't. To your point, yes, I think, you know, the staff need to own it and the staff need to really be leading the charge and the board should be consulted where I have a lot of opinions as to when and how you bring the board in, at what points in the process. 
So tell us about that. What are the best points in the process that you think optimally the board should come into a rebrand? I think first, we need the board to be on the same page as to why we're even thinking about changing our brand. And we usually think that that's the the best time to look at that is during a strategic planning process. Sometimes we'll see a strategic plan where something very particular to branding or visibility is listed as a goal or a pillar of the strategic plan. Obviously, then the board's talked about it. Other times, the strategic plan doesn't mention branding or communications explicitly, but it's clear that we're going to need to be better known or be clearer about who we are if we're going to accomplish those pillars. So I think talking about communications in the strategic planning process, which usually all the board or members of the board are involved in, is important and making sure people realize there are communications implications. From there, I think in defining, if you're going to look at your brand strategy and either change it or define it, Having board members, you know, at the very least sharing with them what that is and seeing if they have any concerns about the direction before you move forward on making any changes, if not involved in the process some way. For us here with our clients, usually some board members are interviewed before we start creating that strategy, some of whom might even be in our strategy setting process. We call an intensive, not always. But I think it's important to say, here's where we are. Here's, again, the goal we're trying to do. Here's the brand strategy we're trying to create, any concerns, any feedback. And then from there, being really clear with the board as to what the staff plans to do. Go through a naming process, look at new logos, edit our mission statement. Where I think the board really needs to approve, I think if you're going to change your name, the board should approve it. I think if you're going to rewrite your mission statement, because that mission statement shows up everywhere, the board should approve it. Probably the vision statement as well. But I think when we get into things like tagline, logos, even those things, board members will have lots of opinion. I actually think if you're going to have a new logo or a tagline, I don't think the board needs to approve that. I think it could be helpful to share it with the board for feedback, show them two options you're debating. But I honestly think the logo, tagline, messaging, all of that should just be done with the staff and the staff can approve it. But I'm curious if you feel differently. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think those are functional operational tools. You know, I think the challenge with the board's role in those elements really comes down to buy-in and the confidence that the board will feel using them and being an ambassador with them if they don't like them or didn't have a voice in the process. And I always think it's really useful when you're going through a rebrand very early on to think about the board members who either are just going to be passionate, opinionated people, for better or for worse. You know, they're just people who have a lot of ideas. And if their ideas aren't heard, might maybe create uh, some challenges downstream. And also, if you're lucky, you've also got board members who have some communications background. They might have marketing experience or media relations experience, and they might actually come to this process with some useful insights or resources. So, I think sometimes we see staff members feel reticent about involving the board because they're concerned that it'll get a little out of control or too many people. But actually waiting too long can be a liability because those people will feel like they didn't they didn't have a voice and they might have had resources or expertise to bring to the table. So a lot of it, I think, in terms of what the board should see and how the board should see it depends a lot on the culture and dynamics on that board. We've definitely had clients where the board could care less and they trust the staff and they're just not that focused on the communications and they don't really want to be that involved in the process, but they do want to see two options at the end for approval or 
or a strong staff recommendation. And then we have other clients where they're really passionate and hands-on with this stuff, and they really need to be working side-by-side with staff in order to feel that they've been adequately involved. And so to me, the biggest opportunity is to ask those questions early on and proactively design the process to embrace what's going to give you a win at the end, not just sort of dodge the challenges you think you might have. Yeah. As you were talking, I thought of two things that we often talk about. One is, you know, having a decision-making tool up front and being really clear about who's going to be involved when, whether the whole board, a communications committee, the executive committee, members of the staff. And we often use either RACI or Darcy or Mocha. All of these are tools that you can Google that help you decide, you know, who's basically in charge of making the decision and who else do we need to consult? Who's going to make sure the work gets done? And that can be really helpful to do right at the beginning of the process. Before you go on, I just want to say I'm a fan of Darcy. For those of you who don't know Racy, Darcy, and Mocha, Darcy, for instance, is decision maker, accountable, responsible, consulted, and informed. I think that's what those, that's an acronym. And having an acronym like that and saying, okay, so who is the decision maker here or who is accountable here? You know, that's what's useful about those tools, proactively having that conversation. What was your second thought? You and I have also talked about a great fundraiser, Kay Sprinkle Grace. She talks about how boards should be triple A, ambassadors, advocates, and askers. And I've used that model with some of our clients and with the boards I'm on. And I think that as you're designing the process in the beginning, ask yourself, what do I need to do to really equip my board and empower my board to be an asker, to be an advocate, and to be an ambassador? It's easy to think about ambassadors. Again, we think about that all the time. But what else is going to give your board members the passion and the tools so that they can advocate for you and they can also ask for you and raise money on your behalf? And if you really want your board to be more actively involved in supporting you as you try and grow, thinking about how and when to involve them. You know, we, I should mention also at the end of the process, we always do a messaging training. We want to make sure the board knows how to speak about you. But what else beyond that do you need to do? To empower them. That's great. Okay. So one parting piece of advice for nonprofit communicators who are now thinking about the board's role in a rebrand process. I think just to think about all the tools we were just saying, asking in the beginning, how can I best empower my board to really be excited and involved and try not to see it as a barrier? Yeah. And my parting piece of advice is similar. And it's really just to open up a candid discussion with people beforehand. Sometimes if you just sat down with that board member and said, hey, I'm going through this process, how would you like to be involved? Let's talk about how to have you constructively involved in the process You'll just get out on the table everything you need to know and save a lot of time and effort later. All right. Thanks for joining me. We've got, I think, some related articles we're going to link to in the show notes for this one. And keep us posted if you're listening to this and you have any experiences you want to share. We'd love to hear them. This is the Smart Communications Podcast, developing the voices of determined nonprofits, brought to you by Big Duck. Big Duck is an agency that puts smart communications in the hands of nonprofits. We help our nonprofit clients develop strong brands, strong campaigns, and strong teams that advance their missions and achieve their goals. Connect with us at bigduckNYC.com.